Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by our good friends over at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. Listen, they were founded in 1992 by number one leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell. You know him. I know him. We love him. This organization helps churches craft customized church capital campaigns to fund new facilities, upgrade existing facilities, buy land, pay off debt, go multi-site, so many things. More than 4,500 churches like yours have raised more than $4.5 billion to fund their God-given vision. If your church is preparing, even in the early stages of a major project, it's never too early to talk to these guys. Make sure that you have a conversation with Enjoy Stewardship Team today. In fact, if you want to find out how much more your church could raise with a capital campaign led by Enjoy Stewardship Solutions right now, all you need to do is go to www.enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. That's my name. And why is it my name? Because I love these guys. I've used them, loved them. It's www.enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. All right, let's jump in with today's episode. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, you're going to be rewarded for this. Excited for today's conversation. We've got Rick Rayford with us. He is the executive pastor at a, one of the fastest growing churches in the church, country. It's called Daystar Church. This is a fantastic church in uh, North Carolina. Uh, we're gonna, you're going to want to hear more about them today. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about the church? You know, if people were to show up this weekend, what would they experience? What uh, gives a sense of kind of the church? Sure. Uh, so Daystar has been in ministry for about 20 years now. Uh, been in Greensboro the entire time. Uh, our lead pastor has been here for uh, those 20 years. And uh, when he got here, we were a, a small country church. And uh, over the course of, of many years, we've had the opportunity to connect with and learn from uh, some of the greatest churches in the country. So we uh, learn a lot from Church of the Highlands. We learn a lot from Seacoast and Elevation. And uh, it's really shaped who we've become as a church. Uh, so now we have a couple of different campuses. When you show up, uh, you'll find a very uh, contemporary, casual environment uh, that hopefully is very inviting to, to whoever shows up. Uh, you're going to hear um, very contemporary worship. Uh, you'd recognize a lot of the songs that we sing on a Sunday from uh, worship albums and Christian radio uh, across the country. Uh, and then we uh, deliver a, a message. Hopefully it's powerful and inspiring each week. And uh, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, when people show up to Daystar, we want them to connect. We try to be very clear about how we want them to connect and the, the process and the path through which we hope they connect and uh, we just want to help people engage in community uh, and, and to join us as we try to serve our community. And uh, ultimately, we want to keep it pretty simple. So that's that's today's start in a nutshell. 
Nice, fantastic. That's uh, that's great. Now, a church of of this age, you know, twenty years. You probably wear this. Twenty years is an interesting um, kind of age for a church. A lot of churches actually at that point have kind of peaked. They've kind of gone through their experience and maybe aren't doing so well. So well, unless they reinvent themselves, unless they say, "Hey, we need to kind of double down or kind of go back," you know, to where we've come from. Uh, what, when you look back over these last few years, has God been using at Daystar to help your church? continue to reach people, to, and not just to continue to reach people, but but really it seems to be accelerating that um, over these last few years. What is it that's kind of in the midst of that? What is God using? Sure. Uh, I, you know, I think one of the things that we've really both experienced and learned uh, from other churches uh, and just trying to evaluate our own experience and data is that at the end of the day, um, there are, there are, a large number of people who would love to connect to the church if they only a really knew who you were and what to expect and b how to connect. So one of the things mm-hmm. that I think um, has really challenged us over the last few years in particular is just to go back and to really evaluate where do we have an opportunity to bring clarity, both both internally within our organization. So how can we be more clear uh, with our staff and with our volunteer mm-hmm. base and everyone in a position of leadership? with what our expectations are of you and what it looks like uh, for, for, for your area of ministry to win. Mm. Uh, and then also to really bring clarity to the people that visit Daystar and help them understand uh, this is what it looks like to partner with us or with you mm. um, in order to help you grow in your faith and to connect in the community. And so that it's very clear, not wondering uh, what their next step might be, uh, that they have one next step and that we do everything we can to help them take it. So as I think as we've honed in on those things and we've brought clarity both both to our staff and both to our, our, our staff structure and to the roles and responsibilities that we have on staff here and also to the, just the people in the church. This is your next step. This is how you take it. This is when you take it. This is who you're going to take it with. Uh, as those things have happened, uh, we've we've seen the church continue to grow. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I look forward to diving into that and and learning. Uh, before we we jump in there, what would you say were maybe some of the internal signs that you started to say, mm, like maybe we need more clarity, or what were some of those things that um, it might have been a either a pain or something? Maybe there was you know confusion with folks. What was it that kind of led you to believe? Oh, you know what? We need to we need to sure. gain more clarity. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think two things in particular. I think. Uh, some of the metrics that we track on a regular basis that help us know whether or not people are engaging in the church. So uh, I suspect we'll talk mm. about this a little later, but, but we use a simple process called growth track, uh, nothing revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I suspect lots of churches have some uh, pathway through which they connect people that are visiting with them. Um, but as we've evaluated the numbers and recognized that the numbers of people that we saw coming into the church and then connecting to us, uh, through growth track and getting on to our uh, volunteer teams, which we call uh, our A team, and into small groups, those numbers just started to plateau uh, to some degree. So that was one big thing. And I think the other thing was um, internally among our staff, as we began asking questions uh, to our staff about you know, the kinds of things that they uh, enjoyed most about their job, the kinds of things that they enjoyed the least about their job, 
what they envisioned uh, their roles and, and responsibilities looking like over the next couple of years. Um, what we discovered was it was not as easy for a lot of our staff to answer those questions as we thought it should be. And it just highlighted to us hmm, the need to clarify, even for people that have been as inside the organization as you could be for several years, there was still <laughs> right. not enough yeah. clarity for them to be able to run hard after the things that we were hoping they would run hard after. Hmm. Let's talk about the metrics piece of that. What were some of those, you know, you talked about growth track and again, time and time again, listeners who have been journeying with us for a while, um, we come back to this, that we see so many churches that are growing quickly, have some experience like growth track. Um, but what were you experiencing from a metrics point of view that maybe, you know, was indicating things were slowing down? What did those, if you can remember some of those numbers, uh, what, what did that look like for you internally? And then what do they look like now? And then maybe we can talk sure. about the gap between the two. Um, so one of the things that we're you know, tracking is, is um, percentage of first-time attenders that come to Growth Track, um, percentage of people in small group that have gone through Growth Track, uh, people as a percentage that take one step after the, the previous. So uh, ours is a four-step process. Uh, at the end of the day, we ideally we want 100% of people in step four that we had in step one, but that doesn't always mm -hmm. happen. But we want that percentage to be uh, high. And what we noticed was some of those percentages were falling off. Uh, we had people uh, who mm. in some way uh, connected to the to our church from a data standpoint. So for us, you either stopped by the Welcome Center, you picked up a guest bag, uh, you checked a child in to, to you know, one of our children's environments. So all of those things give us data points. And then the percentage of those people who we knew were new to our church who were attending growth track, uh, it just started to fall off. And, and uh, in addition, the people that started growth track weren't finishing with the same regularity that they had previously. And so, you know, it, it clued us in. We Something's happening in our communication right. potentially, or they're experiencing something in our environment that's not helping them take the next step. Um, and so that was, that was key for us. And what would be some of the, yeah, that's cool. What would be some of those ben benchmarks that you would lay out as like kind of your goal across those? So it would say, you know, first time guests to growth track attendees and then, you know, so on. What are some of those, those key be benchmarks along the way sure. that you're really shooting for as a church? Um, within growth track? I mean, we want, we want 80% of everybody that starts it to finish it. Um, for us, finishing growth track okay. doesn't require much other than uh, to partner with us as a church and uh, to partner with us. We simply have to agree with some core tenets about who we are. Uh, and so we, you know, we want a high percentage of people who start that process to complete it. Um, the, the other metric that I referenced, um, people who register in some way as uh, guests with us, uh, the percentage of those that we want to enter into growth track, uh, that, that's usually a lower percentage. Mm -hmm. We'd love to see 75%. Uh, but the truth is there's a, there's a much larger variation. There seems to have been a much larger variation over time in that uh, with that metric in particular. Uh, the other thing that's true for us with metrics is, you know, on one hand, there's something to be said for an absolute value. I want, I want X percentage to uh, – 
to do this or to do that, or I want to be able to measure these things. The other thing that's true for us with metrics is uh, sometimes a, a relative metric, meaning you know how we do mm. this year versus the same metric we had last year, sometimes that's just as telling. So sometimes our goals can be yes. somewhat arbitrary in how we set them. And so, sometimes all of the factors that go into what produces the absolute number is it's difficult to put your finger on. But uh, relative metrics, you know, period over periods, whether it's month over month or year over year, uh, that gives us an indication of trajectory. And at the end of the day, if our trajectory is good, um, sometimes that's more important to us than, than the absolute number. So, so to, to, to the point that you were making, what we noticed was on a relative basis, we were not gaining ground any longer. So it was not improving or at least holding. It started to fall off relative to the same measure in previous periods. You know, that's that's typically a, a flag. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I love that. I think, you know, this idea of where are the is the relative number going? What's happening over time gives you a sense of the dynamics that are at play, what's growing, you know, what's kind of pushing in the right direction uh, or not uh, as, a, as a church. That's fantastic. Well, getting back to clarity, um, what would be a few of those things that you did uh, internally to to get more clarity to to ensure that not only staff but volunteers uh, got a, a clearer sense of of what sure. you're pushing for as a church. Uh, really, all of that started by uh, setting aside a bunch of time and space for us to ask a bunch of questions. So when we recognized that this might be an issue, we we kind of pushed the pause button on uh, you know different growth and development things. And said, you know what, let's let's just go gather some some data. So we went and we sat down with every staff person. We went and sat down with lots of our key leaders, lots of people on our A-team, lots of our small group leaders, and just began asking questions. You know, what, what's your perception of, of what we're trying to accomplish? And how do you know that you're doing well at what you're attempting to do? And, uh, and, and what, has, what, what, are, what have the people that are leading you told you about what it should look like if your area of ministry is succeeding? So in all of that, we discovered that mm. the the variance in, in response was was way too wide. So then at that point, uh, as a leadership team in the church, uh, you know, we had to huddle together and begin asking ourselves, what are the what are the most critical points of clarity that we need to spend time and energy on, and then and then how do we spend time mm. beginning to clarify for ourselves? so that we can communicate with more clarity to the people that we're working alongside of what it looks like to do well at the thing we're asking you to do. So as a lead team, you know, it, it went all the way back. In, in fact, we're not entirely done with this even. It goes all the way back to... Right. It's probably uh, not know, a process you're ever done with. It goes all the way back to, you know, how, how can we clarify vision? How do we, how do we uh, say in a more clear, impactful, succinct fashion... This is what we're about. This is what's most critical to our organization, to this church long term. And then how does that influence uh, all kinds of things in the church? So uh, how does that influence the language that we're using? How does that influence the words that we're using to describe all kinds of things, Uh, even down to, you know, what we name people in various positions of leadership? If you uh, if you're trying to. Uh, take an organization with about 30 staff people and uh, several hundred in your volunteer base. Uh, how do you bring clarity so that one person in one area of ministry 
has a, a pretty good understanding about what someone else in another area of ministry is doing because of what because of the language we're using to to describe who they are and what their roles are. Uh, what we again, what we discovered was we we were calling somebody one thing in one area of ministry, and in another area of ministry, there's another person that's effectively doing the same thing, or at least their core responsibilities are the same. Mm. Weren't always being referred to as the same thing, and um, it's not that that's it's not that any of that is is bad necessarily. You just lose clarity in it, and so if you have someone who for for some number of years. Right worked with your children or your youth and they move over into your guest service or small group world, um, they shouldn't feel like they have to relearn everything, that there's a, there's enough overlap and commonality between all those things that they should be able to jump right in and, and continue doing some of what they had known previously. And a lot of our, again, a lot of our language was not helping them do that well. Can you give an example of that where there was a bit of a mismatch where like people were doing similar sure. roles and then it, it, you know, it, it caused um, some confusion. So there was a time and, and the truth is we, we got a, we got our arms around this first kind of within our volunteer world more recently, even among our staff. But, yep. um, so at Daystar, uh, our, our leadership levels, our, uh, leader, coach, coordinator, director, directors become staff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, producer mm-hmm. and pastor. And there was a season where down at the, you know, at the, at the leader level and at the coach level, you know, you had, you had captains and you had all, you had all kinds of things because there was a season where rightfully so potentially we had released people to go build teams. And when you release people to go build teams, they go build teams mm-hmm. and they call people, whatever they may want to call them. And, uh, and so we discovered, you know, you've got, you've got small group leaders and coaches that are over in guest services or in children's, you have, uh, senior leaders and, and captains on occasion. And, and so there was just not a very clear understanding, not just among our volunteer base, but even among our staff. So the staff that were, uh, tasked mm. with equipping and empowering these people, uh, lost clarity when in one area they're called something and in another area they're called something else when at, when at the core they're both responsible for the exact same thing. So as our staff has continued to grow, we've discovered that the same thing is true. Um, our staff in our creative world compared to our production world, compared to our worship world, um, sometimes we, we're not using some of the same language there. And so again, you, you have you have senior leadership in the church and, and pastors over different areas of ministry who who have who are lacking a little bit of clarity because we're not consistent even among our staff about what we're calling people. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when you pick any one example, you pick some person on our staff, and you think to yourself, "What does it really matter what their title is?" Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to kind of lull yourself to sleep and believe, "Well, what I call that person doesn't really matter." But as you continue to grow, what you discover is in all things you want to be replicable. So as our staff continues to grow and we continue to to increase the number of campuses we have and your staff and your church as a whole begins to decentralize to a greater and greater degree, to the extent you can be clear, even in what you choose to, to, even when you can choose a title that's descriptive in nature, all of that brings clarity and clarity Mm-hmm. Increases efficiency. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And even the example you use there, it's almost like you're uh, defining your leadership pathway even just in your titling, you know, you're making it easier for people to understand, hey, this is the next step. You know, looking for uh, any other examples that might be kind of 80-20 in that like, hey, here was a, a small tweak or an area that we uh, that we changed to gain more clarity that seemed to have disproportionate impact. It seemed to have, uh, you know, a, a an outsized uh, impact on us becoming clearer as an organization. Is there another area you can think of? Uh, where, it's where that's that related, but... Um using uh using less language so we've talked about the we've talked about a little bit about mm. the, the word choice and how uh overlapping can, can produce mm-hmm. results but i think uh simplifying the way that we attempt to describe things also has made a significant impact so um you know we started a while back uh several years ago working on the idea of leadership pipeline and and streamlining some of that and making that clear for people uh for a long time we had definitions of what those things, uh, leader, coach, coordinator, have definitions of of those things. And the truth is the definitions were correct, uh, but they were not as concise and clear. And so, you know, when you have some, when you're a church staff person and you read a, a, a one page or two page summary of what a person or a role should look like, uh, it makes sense to you because that's your world and that's your life. But when you're a volunteer who who works a different job and and has a family and and the truth is church is as important to, to them as it is to us, but they simply can't allocate the time and mental uh, mental capacity to ministry the way we do. It's not as easy for them to take that same page or two page document and decipher it and get out of it exactly what we want them to be doing. So you end up with you end up with um, coaches across your organization who who all have slightly, not entirely, but slightly different understand, understandings about what it means to be a coach. Uh, and, and what we've discovered is even when there's slight misunderstanding, oftentimes what we would say is the most important thing that we want a coach to do is missed because they they chose to major on something that we would minor on but because of our, uh, because of the wordiness in our descriptions of those things, they've missed it. They've missed the mark, even even if it's just fractionally. And over time, you know, when, when you miss a mark fractionally, mm-hmm. that uh, that that produces results and consequences over time that sometimes you don't really want. Hmm. Uh, that's very cool. That's uh, that's great. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are, is a part of this that you're looking forward to into the future to say, hey, how do we um, you know, continue to gain more clarity? Are there other areas in the future that you're looking at? Oh, here's some areas that we're, we're looking to gain even greater, greater clarity as we, sure. you know, go through the next, um, you know, months. One of the years. things we're kind of in the middle of, of uh, beginning to look at right now is um, a scope of responsibility for our staff. So, you know, when you're a smaller church, lots of people mm-hmm. have to wear several hats. I mean, that's, that's just ministry life. And, uh, and I'm not sure that ever goes away entirely. But as you continue to grow as a church, um, asking staff to wear multiple hats becomes increasingly difficult. Um, and what we've discovered is uh, people are going to continue to wear multiple hats until someone uh, who is in, in leadership over them steps in 
and can say very clearly and specifically, mm-hmm. I need you to take this hat off and this hat off, and I need you to wear this one, and I need you to do it um, kind of at the next level. Uh, and so as we, as, as a church, right. as we continue to work towards uh, growing and planting new campuses, uh, one of the things that we've asked ourselves is, uh, how do we empower our staff to be very uh, focused and concentrated on a single campus if, in fact, they are a campus staff person? Um, historically, we've had people who uh, kind of managed areas of ministry ac- across multiple campuses, um, and we're discovering that's that's increasingly difficult. So, how do we how do we restructure our staff and our uh, kind of our leadership philosophy so that Every person on our staff is is more clear about what their responsibility is, whether it's at a particular campus, uh, whether it's in support of a couple of campuses potentially. Um, so at the end of the day, um, when we ask them the question, what is your metric to determine whether or not you're winning? They have a really good handle on uh, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, We've talked some about metrics. We, we make a big deal about metrics. But at the end of the day, you can't produce quality metrics if you don't know what you're attempting to measure. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's true for our staff. It's true in their areas of ministry. It's true for our volunteer teams. It's true everywhere. So even for our staff who you know, mm-hmm. historically uh, maybe had three things to do, that person might need to do two of them now, at, at, again, at a higher level. And we need to clarify that so that they know how to measure and decide whether or not they're being successful at that. Uh, very cool. That's that's fantastic. Well, clarity is super important, obviously, as churches grow, and uh, you know, and, and it's one of those things that I, I don't think we can talk enough about. And I, I really appreciate you uh, letting us kind of look under the hood today and get a clearer picture of what's happening in your church. Is there anything else you'd love to share uh, with us in this whole area before we uh, uh, wrap up today's so. episode? I think we've we've touched on it. You know, at the end of the day, uh, as a church, I think. Uh, you know, there's not one way to do church. There, there's lots of different ways to do church and to be very, very effective at church. Uh, but whatever whatever philosophies we decide to choose and to use to really shape and define who we are as a church, uh, I think the greater that we can uh, hone in on and uh, fine tune whatever it is that we're using to define our church philosophy, uh, it always is going to bring about greater results. Nice. Very cool. Well, Rick, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, uh, what's the uh, best way for them to do that? daystargso.com. Um, all of our staff is there. I'm on the, the website along with my email address. Our church phone number is there. So anyone's free to, to shoot me an email, give our church a call. Uh, we'll be glad to do whatever we can to, to help and resource anybody who's like Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.